Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best independent online documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 o'clock a.m. to 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific online at filmschoolradio.com. You are tuning in to filmschoolradio.com and KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm your host, Lauren, subbing for Mike Kaspar, your usual film radio host. And on today's show, we will highlight the new critically acclaimed short film entitled The Doctor of Bagram, um, a film about an embittered American trauma surgeon um, who treats the wounded in Afghanistan where civilians and soldiers endure uh, horrors of living in a war zone. Our guest today is the director of The Doctor of Bagram himself, Neil Pike. Hi, Neil. Hi, Lauren. How's it going? It's going good. Um, so uh, everyone tuning in, Neil is the uh, director and filmmaker, uh, recently graduated from UCLA School of Theater, Film, and Television last June, and his film, The Doctor of Bagram, is his thesis film, which premiered opening night in the 2013 UCLA Film Festival and took house to the um, prize for Best Narrative Film. Neil was also awarded the Jim Morrison Award for Excellence in Directing, and Dr. Bagram is making its rounds in the festival circuit and will screen in North Hollywood this coming February 15th. So, um, Neil, thanks so much for being on the show. And is there anything else that you wanted to add about um, your work in the past that's led you to to doing this film? Well, I was in film school for two years, the UCLA film program. Um, so you're junior and your senior year, so you sort of transfer in. And throughout those two years, you work on a few different short films, your own films and other people's films. And the thesis film is supposed to be sort of like the, if you were an English major or history major, you would write sort of like a capstone thesis report. Um, and in film school, you have the option of making a thesis film. So The Doctor of Bagram is sort of the conclusion of two years of working on a bunch of different films, writing a bunch of different scripts, and I guess it's sort of like the, uh, the capstone project for the film program. Okay, nice, awesome. And uh, you originally came up with the idea for The Doctor of Bagram after an interview for The Daily Bruin, which is the UCLA newspaper, correct? Right, so I was an editor and a writer for The Daily Bruin, which is UCLA's campus newspaper, and when I'd gotten into film school, I had just come off of being editor of the paper, and I had a couple more stories that I wanted to write, and I was assigned one by my editor at the time about an American trauma surgeon who had graduated from UCLA Medical School, who was serving as the only licensed facially reconstructive surgeon in Afghanistan, and this was back in 2011. So... I called him up and I spoke to him and it was such an amazing story that he had to tell and one that I thought needed to be told through film because usually when you hear about the war in Afghanistan um, on the news or in headlines, it doesn't really go into the depths of what it's like to actually live in a war zone. Usually when you see a headline about the war, it's a statistic about how many people were killed or where a drone strike happened or where a bomb went off. But rarely do you actually get a glimpse into the lives of the people who are actually living there. And what fascinated me about 
this story was that it, it was sort of a different angle. Usually when Hollywood makes movies about wars, uh, it focuses a lot on the guns and the violence and the theatrics of it. But here was something where, in the middle of the war zone, where people are at their most vulnerable, they've been injured, and they're taken to a hospital, uh, there's a team of trauma surgeons who operate and save countless lives, whether they're civilians or soldiers, um, and they have this unique set of skills that you can't learn in any medical school um, or even any hospital, really, in the United States because the wounds are so severe and um, there's no real preparation that you can have. So the professionalism and the skills that these trauma surgeons have is extraordinary. They really sort of work off the cuff based on whatever injury comes in, and they work in teams and sort of, um, you know, a patient might come in and they have wounds on their arms, on their chest, on their legs, and a team of maybe five or six surgeons will work on the same person at the same time um, in order to, to keep them alive. So it was a story that I thought hadn't really been told in mainstream cinema, and one that really would allow for looking into the humanistic aspect of living in a large-scale scale conflict like the war in Afghanistan, and not just sort of the violence of it. Right, yeah. No, it's really good that you mentioned that because I felt like there was more of a way to relate to the film on a humanistic perspective because you're telling a story about the doctor, about the surgeon, and about what he's been going through. And for those listening, I had a chance to, to view the film. It's a really great short film. And um, if you're interested, you, again, you could view, view it at the upcoming film festival, and we'll put an announcement like that on the link below. But um, in this film, it opens up with, uh, with a dream, correct? The doctor is actually having a dream. So you think it's real, but it's not. Right. <laughs> so... I really did want to focus on the humanistic aspect of it, like you mentioned, and starting out with a dream was a way of sort of getting into the doctor's head. Um, you know, he's a guy who is on this sort of self-imposed exile in Afghanistan, and the dream that he has at the beginning is sort of a flashback to his former life in the United States where he's younger, and uh, he's sort of just starting out his life with his wife, they're both young professionals. She's a lawyer, he's a doctor, and his wife is pregnant. And you see this sort of happy life, sort of relaxed life, um, and they're driving one night, and there's even a, uh, you know, there's a cross hanging in front of the windshield, and you sort of get a sense of who they are in terms of uh, what the nature of their relationship is. They're a young couple. And then, boom, he wakes up, and all of a sudden, you're in the middle of a war zone in Afghanistan. And the idea behind that was to sort of show the psyche of this character, sort of trauma that he's been through, the emotional trauma, and the sort of loss of faith that he's experienced because of his, the tragedy that he experienced in his younger life. So it was sort of a way to navigate into the character's head, where you're not necessarily starting off in the war zone, but you're starting off with him in a different part of his life. And it was a way of sort of allowing the audience to follow the journey with him rather than just sort of confronting him um, as this torn individual. You see why he's torn, what led him there. Right. And um, the experiences that 
the surgeon goes through, you know, having those types of accidents happen at random moments, those types of emergencies, and then having patients being rushed in for whatever reason, but you would think it's mostly for violent reasons that are also kind of out of control. Um, so I was wondering, there's a lot of emotion related to this film, and it is a very short film, you know, it's not like your regular hour, two hour long documentary film or anything like that. So um, how did you decide to pick the specific scenes that you picked um, in order to just incorporate it into telling a story um, within that very strict time frame? Right. Well, it, it was definitely a challenge. Um, one of the aspects of the curriculum, if you make a UCLA thesis film, is that it has to be under 10 minutes. But I really wanted to tell this story, um, and I wanted to tell it from multiple points of view, so not just sort of point of view of the American trauma surgeon, but I also wanted to show what it's like for soldiers who are, who are abroad, who are engaged in conflict, and also for Afghan civilians who are sort of living through the conflict and what they have to go through, to sort of, sort of show different perspectives and the fact that all of these people are sort of going through their own struggles, no matter if it's physical, if it's emotional. Um, I really wanted to get that across. And it was a challenge to sort of fit it into less than 10 minutes because um, when you're dealing with something so big and with multiple points of view, you really, there's a temptation to expand on each one and really go into depth for each character. But essentially, I think what allowed me to sort of get in everything I wanted to get in was that the story's all sort of tied together into one main event that happens sort of halfway through the film. And although these characters are coming from different points of view, they have different backstories, and you sort of get a sense of those backstories in the first, I'd say, a third of the film, um, that event sort of brings them all together at the end. And it's sort of a microcosm for me for any sort of large-scale conflict like this, because when you look at just the war in Afghanistan, there's people from all over the world sort of going into this region um, where there's already people living, and by and large, the, all of their stories become connected one way or another, and that to me was one of the most poignant aspects of making this movie, was sort of trying to convey that despite the fact that you may be on opposite ends of a large-scale conflict, um, when you're in a place like a war zone, Every single person, no matter who you are, whether you're a civilian or a soldier or a trauma surgeon, you're dealing with human beings at their most vulnerable state. And no matter what nationality or religion or culture you may be from, um, that is something that is shared in that environment. And that's something that I really wanted to tap into. So I think that was sort of the unifying strand that brought together all of these stories. And, um, you know, hopefully, despite the time limit, uh, still able to hit some of those emotional beats that we were going for. Yeah, well, I think it definitely did. Um, you, could, you could see the different types of characters that you put into the film, which I really appreciated, uh, especially the scene with um, the couple, um, the husband and the wife, and how they're getting a little bit too close to the, you know, to the explosive, which eventually, you know, led to the disaster that the surgeon encountered. But 
then you also see the soldiers on the side who are trying to figure out what to do because it was something they didn't plan. Um, it was all just so unexpected. And, um, and I was just wondering, are you intending or did you intend to make some type of political statement towards, you know, the war in Afghanistan or towards just situations that are very similar to that? Um, were you hoping that any political statement would be very clear in the film for you? Sure. It's something that I've thought of for a long time, and the sort of conclusion that I've come to is with storytelling, if you want your story to be effective, I think you really need to focus on the characters and their motivations and look at how they're going to deal with the situations they're in. Whereas if you sort of focus on getting some sort of a theme across or getting some sort of a political agenda across, your work becomes very preachy and polemic, and that's not really what I was going for with this. Um, my intention with the film wasn't to be pro-war or anti-war in any way. The intention was to show the human side of war, what people go through when they're put in such a vulnerable position in such a destructive environment. And if there was any agenda, it was to show that sort of environment and that situation from different points of view. So you see uh, the situation from the point of view of an American soldier who's been wounded in combat and is now returning to the United States. You see it through the eyes of an Afghan couple who are sort of going through their own domestic struggle and attempting to survive in the midst of so much violence and destruction. And of course you see the perspective of the trauma surgeon somebody who is battling his own demons, his own trauma in a sense, but at the same time trying to heal other people's trauma every day. He's um, sort of in this self-imposed exile in the middle of a war zone because he's trying to run away from his demons, um, but at the same time he's doing amazing work by saving the lives of both civilians and soldiers. So the idea was really to sort of show the humanistic aspect of it, to make it a film where... Hopefully when an audience watches it, they feel something. Maybe they can relate to one of the characters or, uh, you know, hopefully all of them, despite what race those characters might be or which sides they might be on. Um, in our media, there's a sense of an us-versus-them mentality that comes out of the way wars are reported. And that's something that I really wanted to work against. Because at the end of the day, um, if there's any agenda that I wanted to push... It was just to show people as human beings, and you know, no matter what their their background was. Uh, but in terms of having a political message, I, I really wanted to steer clear of that because I wanted it to be about people, about their humanity, about their struggles and their triumphs, and about the way that, in some way, we're all sort of connected. And I hope that that you know, sort of comes across. Yeah, I hope so too for the audience that's going to view it. Um, in the film festival, that would definitely be something different, I think, because usually for the film festivals, they like to pick a variety of different, you know, films, different styles, different styles of directing, um, which is great because then you could um, have a good amount of people coming to the film festivals to see the different types of talent that's being put out there. Um, so I wanted to ask you also about your style of directing. Um, I'm not sure how many 
um, other films that you've directed um, in the past prior to or leading up to the Doctor of Bagram, but is your directing style more collaborative? Did your ideas for the film in any way change while working with your actors or working with the people on crew? Um, how did the whole process of filming work for you? You know, it's a really interesting experience because you sort of write this story, and you have it in your head, and you write it down, and it's a script, and then you cast actors, and you have them read your script back to you, and already at that point, it starts changing because every single player, when you make a movie, brings their own creativity to the project, and that is by far one of the most beautiful experiences about making a movie, is that you get to collaborate with talented actors, with a cinematographer, and uh, you know, with editors, producers, with everybody on the crew sort of brings their own story and their own creativity to the project. And that makes it a really, really interesting experience. Um, in terms of the directing style, I really like to keep the environment very free and open. Um, I always take suggestions from my actors, my cinematographer, and especially, I think, being so young, I mean, I made this movie as 20 when I wrote it and 21 when we actually shot it. And largely, most of my actors were older than I was. Um, in fact, most of the people on the crew were older than I was and more experienced. So to not listen to people and to not take their suggestions and just sort of say, this is how I want to do it, I think would have been detrimental to the making of the project because really good work comes out of collaboration, I think. And you sort of choose people who, whose work you believe in, whose abilities you believe in, and who you, know, you can see that these people sort of believe in the story I want to tell, they can bring something to it. And you work together. You let people be creative, create an environment where the actors can be free. Um, I like to let my actors improvise at times and really bring their own stories into it. Um, and that really sort of makes the story, it's a cliche, but it makes it jump off the page and actually take it on a new life. And I think that when an audience watches it, you know, they won't know which aspects of it were the director's ideas and which were the actor's ideas or the cinematographer's ideas. Um, and that's what you really want to go for, because you want it to be this sort of unified work that not only jumps off the page, but jumps off the screen and stays with the audience long after they leave the theater. And I think the most effective way to do that is to have an environment when we're shooting it's very free for everyone so that we can all be creative together and you know, leave all of our footprints on this project. And did you ever have um, ideas about comparing your film style or maybe molding your film style to be a certain way or be inspired by a certain director's style that's very famous in the media today, or were you really, you know, strict with yourself on creating your own? It's, it's a difficult question to answer because I think inevitably, especially when you're young, um, you know, you, you write from when you're in school and you can start painting or drawing or doing all those things from when you're very young. For me, I didn't start making films until I was in, like, middle school or high school, and even then it was very sort of elementary level, but getting to a point where we're actually getting to direct a large-scale project like this, um, 
it's not something that you sort of practice your entire life. I guess the way of practicing is watching really good films and seeing how really good directors uh, tell a story. So I think it's inevitable that you're going to sort of take on other people's styles in one sense, especially when you're starting out. I think as the shoot was about four days long, but I think as time sort of went by and uh, we started sort of getting into the groove of things, I got a little bit more creative in terms of the types of shots I wanted and the way I directed the actors. And it's something that sort of grows on you the more you do it. But I mean, certainly there's, there's elements of films that I've seen before that I integrated into the way we shot this movie and the way I directed it. Um, but it's, it's interesting to see how you think about those elements beforehand and then when you get on set, um, everything sort of changes when you're actually on a location with the actors and the camera, um, there's a lot of discoveries to be made, and that's really where a film's uniqueness comes out, is confronting those new circumstances and discovering what you need to discover. And to talk a little bit more about the setting, you filmed your um, scenes, at least the scenes in the war zone. Well, that was filmed in Los Angeles, correct? But it was meant to look like Afghanistan? That's supposed to be a secret, but yeah, I mean, I didn't, you know, we're all college students and we didn't really have big budgets, actually had no budget going into this film, um, so short of going to Afghanistan, our, our strategy was to sort of shoot in Southern California and make it look as much as we could like we were in Afghanistan. Most of the film takes place inside of a hospital. Um, because it's about the trauma surgeon, and he, of course, works at the Craigslist Theater Military Hospital in Afghanistan. So those scenes were, I guess, a little bit easier to cheat <laughs> than the exterior scenes. Um, but for the exteriors, I, you know, we tried to show, I guess, the, the exterior scenes focus on a very small place where there's a confrontation taking place in a very tense situation with a couple of soldiers and a couple of civilians. And the sort of motivation for that was both economical and creative, creative in the sense that we wanted to build tension, but um, pragmatic in the sense that we didn't want to show this whole big uh, landscape because it would very easily look like California. You know, you have a certain section of the frame that maybe could be Afghanistan, but right next to it is a freeway that you don't want to catch on camera. Right. Um, it would give it all away. So by sort of framing it that way, where we, the only exterior scene is a very sort of tense, intimate scene, uh, where we focus on an argument between an Afghan couple and then a confrontation with soldiers, um, was sort of our way around that. And of course, we also were able to film at a local mosque and, you know, there's no real indication that it's in the United States. Um, but hopefully the, the sounds and the sights give a sense of being in a different place. Yeah, I definitely got that from the film. So I think, I think your secret's pretty good. And you're not the first director to do that, granted. Cause, um, oh, no, yeah. Yeah, There's for no sure. Because I think, um, yeah, one of the f recent films that was shot was meant to be, you know, like a new age Los Angeles, but it was shot in 
in Shanghai City in China. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, get a, I don't want to really, you know, name drop the film right now because we're talking about your film, but you're not the only director to do that. Um, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's the pressure of being with no budget and trying to make a movie that's sort of large-scale set in a different part of the world. Um, I mean, it does push you to be creative. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, your film's going to be showcased, too, so it all worked out in the end. And um, do you plan on making uh, films that follow a specific theme, um, like more drama films? Is that going to be your signature style of directing, or do you want to expand and do different projects in the future? I definitely want to experiment with different genres and different types of characters. I think especially being a young filmmaker and young storyteller, I'm still discovering what it means to tell a story and how to sort of write characters who have real motivations and backstories. And every time you write something, it's a new discovery process. You discover things about the story you're telling, about the world, about yourself more than anything. And... I just want to continue that discovery process in any way possible, uh, no matter what genre that is. And I don't really have a sense of, I want to impress this theme with every film that I make. Uh, I think that should sort of come as a result of the types of characters you want to explore and the settings you want to explore um, and the plots that sort of inspire you. Um, but I will say, after working on such a... I mean, this is sort of a serious film, um, serious drama that deals with a lot of emotions. And, you know, after working on it for about a year, it, it does kind of take a toll on you. And I mean, this is a short film, so I can only imagine what it's like to make a feature film that's, that's so serious. Um, but it definitely kind of makes you want to maybe explore the comedy genre or a more <laughs> lighthearted genre. Um, the one thing that I'd like to do is have, tell stories that are still personal. Uh, this story was very personal to me because of my experience as a journalist. And I'd like to keep making films that are personal to me because I think that's, there's a lot of catharsis that comes out of that, but also I think that's one of the best ways to tell a story that is authentic. And I always have to make sure that my voice is authentic and not contrived. Um, but I hope to, to explore all genres and uh, write all sorts of characters. When you go out and, you know, do your exploring, do you have any ideas on where you'd like to go or what you'd like to do just to develop these characters in the future? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I... Part of me really wants to, I mean, all of me really wants to explore the world. I just got back from the Middle East a few months ago um, where I shot a documentary about, with you actually, <laughs> about a bunch of American college students coming face-to-face -face with the realities of the conflict in the Middle East. And it was an amazing learning experience because we met so many people over there um, from all different ethnicities and religions and cultures and to actually come face-to-face -face with something that you only see on television or on headlines on the Internet 
it's a completely different experience, and it opens your eyes to a world that you never experienced before. And I think coming back from that trip um, and actually shooting a documentary while on that trip, it helped me grow as a filmmaker because I wasn't just exploring these things by myself. I was exploring it with my medium, with my craft. And I feel like I grew not only as a person but also as a filmmaker because I was able to experience the world through my lens and through my own eyes. So I think for me, I'd really like to travel some more and experience different cultures from around the world, meet people from different in different stages of their life and from different backgrounds, people who've been through different things, and really get a sense of, I mean, at the core of storytelling, I think, is you have this desire to express what it means to be truly human, and I think the more you learn about the world and about people, the more you closer you get to the core of that, to understanding what it means to be human. And that, that to me is the key. So I'd like to just keep traveling, keep exploring, keep talking to different people, understanding where they're coming from, and writing about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, I wish you good luck in all of your future travels and all of your future projects. Do you have any projects that you're currently working on or that you have lined up? Specifically, well, my, doc my, doc my documentary from the Middle East is in post-production now, and that should be released um, in a couple of months. Other than that, I've just been working on writing a lot, um, writing a few spec feature scripts, as well as some television pilots um, on different topics that uh, just that I'll refrain from. <laughs> talking about right now since they're not done yet. Right. Um, <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> right, right. But writing is, is what I've been working on mostly. Cool. Um, so we're almost out of time here. We're going to wrap up the interview in a little bit. But I just wanted to remind all of those listening to watch The Doctor of Bagram coming up at um, the film festival on February 15th. Uh, Neil, can you give a little bit more... Um, details on where exactly these people should go to watch your amazing film? Yeah, so what you can do is go on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Bagram movie. That's B-A-G-R-A-M movie. And you can find all the details about upcoming screenings there. The screening on February 15th is in the North Hollywood um, Arts District at Jet Studios. It's called the Asian Zone Film Festival and we'll be screening at 3 p.m. But just go on our Facebook page, and you can find all the information about upcoming screenings there. Awesome. Very cool. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for tuning in. Neil, thank you so much for being a guest on Film thank School. You, yeah, and thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a really great interview, and I look forward to interviewing you again sometime in the future for one of your upcoming projects. Definitely. I appreciate it, Owen. Okay, thanks. All right, everyone. You have just listened to Film School uh, on filmschoolradio.com. Keep tuning in every Friday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific time at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm your host, Lauren, 
And your regular host will be Mike Caspar. And when you tune in, he'll have more great documentary films and stories to share with you on the air. Thanks, everyone.